Hey there, and welcome to another episode of Hack to Start, a podcast that focuses on amazing people who have an interesting story or perspective to share and their insights on how they got to the level of success they have today. Thanks for joining Tyler and I for another episode. This is episode 130, and today we'll be chatting with Seth Louis, the co-founder of Botlist and the creative director at SimplyTap. As many entrepreneurs do, Seth started his career by saying he could code websites and then spent a week straight learning how to do it. He later met a fellow developer named Mubashar, aka Mubs, and they quickly became best friends. They're among the most prolific makers on Product Hunt, both being nominated for Makers of the Year in 2016. Seth, Mubs, and Ben Tossel then launched a site called Botlist. Less than 12 months later, it's already crossed more than 2 million page views, seen thousands of bots being submitted, and is a thriving community of bot enthusiasts. Seth joins us to share his story, how he got into startups, why he's so passionate about bots and messaging, what it was like launching Botlist, how he manages several side projects and a full-time job, and much more. So once again, we'd like to welcome you to the show. Feel free to tweet at hack to start drop us an email, hey at hacktostart.com, or share your feedback right on iTunes with a review. Good or bad, we'd love to hear from you. So let's get started. Hey, Seth. Thanks so much for being on the show today. Hey, thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely, man. Really excited to have you on the show and to get to hear more about you and, and Botlist. But before we jump into that, can you tell us a little bit more about yourself? Like, where are you from and what did you study? Sure. So I grew up in a small town about 30 minutes outside of uh, Cornwall. Um, so right across the Canadian border in, in the northernmost part of New York. We pretty much had like one stoplight and, and that was it. I graduated with a class of 55. Long story short, which will probably be long, when I grew up, I had a passion for design. I started drawing at the early age of like five, and it wasn't stick figures. It was actually full figures, which was kind of cool. And I think I was always a loner when I was growing up. I took many years of uh, art in high school. I actually took, I think, like six years of art in my uh, high school. Wow. Um, so what I actually did in, back in high school is I would um, charge people to draw their art projects for them. <laughs> so I think that's where I started um, making money was in high school, which was kind of interesting. But when I went to college up in Plattsburgh, it's kind of about half hour from or an hour outside of Montreal. Plattsburgh didn't really have much of, I guess you'd say, like a graphic design back then. Um, so this was, you know, I'm dating myself here, but this was back in 2000. There wasn't really much of this, oh, you can make a lot of money by design. So I think from there, I, I just kind of jumped into computers because I always had this fascination when I was a kid, you know, taking things apart and putting them back together. A lot of times they never went back together properly. <laughs> but <laughs> so right when I went into college, I was going for, I think it was like a computer information systems degree. And from there, I just I just didn't really have a passion for, you know, binary code and all that. So didn't really know what I wanted to do at that time. So I had a friend who basically kind of asked me if I wanted to leave and upstate New York because I was there my entire life. And he was like, well, let's let's just go to Florida. <laughs> so, so we left New York at about 2.30 in the morning. We packed all our stuff up and just got in the car. I drove over to my, my parents' house and, and, and left. So where did that passion for entrepreneurship really come from? 
you know, ever since I graduated high school, I never really looked back. I always wanted more. And I think it was because I didn't have the small town mentality, but everyone else did around me. So I, I kind of just left after high school and, and didn't really didn't really turn around and, and look back. So I moved to Florida at like 2 a.m. and lived there for about a year and didn't really find much there except who I wanted to become. I literally lived in my car for about, I don't know, two, three weeks eating cheese sandwiches for about two months. Um, I was poor because I didn't plan. Uh, <laughs> I showered on the beach with the homeless people. And, and that gave me a perspective on life. Um, which was, it, it was kind of interesting. But from there, uh, I just realized that I wanted to make something of myself. I've, I've always wanted to, to be better. Um, I've always strived for better. I came from a family of, of farmers who didn't have much and, and we always worked our butts off for what we had on our backs. And I think that's where I got my drive from was, you know, my seeing my grandparents, my grandfather lost his arm uh, when he was um, younger and he had 12 kids, you know, and you have to put your you have to put food on the table, even if you don't have an arm. I, I mean, that was just insane to me to to kind of like grow up with and, and just see, you know, the level of dedication he had for his family. I think that's where I get my drive from. And, and that's what essentially I, I left Florida and and went back to college and I went back to art school and got a BA in studio art with a um, a focus in graphic design. And that's essentially what I studied. Wow, that's a crazy story. And so like <laughs> but I can I can definitely see like, you know, where where the drive came from. Why why Florida? Just out of curiosity, what was there that, that you guys went for, if you don't mind me asking? Yeah. You know, we Grew up in New York all our lives, and we never really left. My friend and I, and we were just like sick of the cold, and it was the winter time. And I was like, "Well, what's the what's the best place you know we can go and not be cold?" And he was just like, "Let's go to Florida." And I said, "Let's just do that." It's <laughs> amazing. So after going to college and, and getting the BA, how did you you know end up combining that passion for? art and graphic design with entrepreneurship? Like when did that start happening? That's even a more interesting story. I was trying not to, you know, jump around a little bit, but so when I graduated college, I didn't really have a job coming out of college. Um, I had a, you know, studio art degree with a focus on graphic design. And I'd like to, I'm going to be humble. I'm going to try to be humble here, but I like to think I was one of the more driven people in, in college because, you know, I didn't have, I was a little bit older. I was like 26 at that time. I didn't have um, anything in my resume with design. So I, when I was in college, I actually started doing the same kind of hustle that I did in, in high school. Instead of doing my college work, I would actually create posters for the local bars. So they would have events every weekend Plattsburgh, I'm not sure if any of your listeners will know, but Plattsburgh was actually rated one of the best party schools back in the 80s. It got crazy, uh, so, but it kind of carried on throughout the 2000s. It was it was always about going out and having a good time at the bar. So I saw an opportunity to reach out to the local establishments and create, you know, event posters um, because there was no advertising back then. 
I would get $50 a poster and I would use, you know, the printers at the college to print off these huge posters. And I think that was like the start of my entrepreneurship. It was more about, okay, I need to eat. I don't have a job. I did have a job at the time, but it wasn't in graphic design and I need a portfolio. So how do I, you know, combine all three and, and try to also, you know, feed myself. Right out of college, I, I put an ad on uh, Craigslist and, and got my first remote work uh, job, which was kind of interesting. I uh, I designed banners for basically websites for um, this small company in, outside of Massachusetts for like 17 bucks an hour um, right out of college. I thought I had it made. <laughs> and I, you know, I worked from home and so I didn't really... I didn't take full advantage of the opportunity that I had from working from home. Um, I got comfortable. In every entrepreneur's life, every time you get comfortable, you have to make a change. Um, So after a couple of years, it took me two two years to realize that, but I just decided I needed more. So from there, I needed a job locally in the area. And at this time, I'm in, you know, central New York, Albany area. Not a lot of people were hiring. I didn't have a huge portfolio. I had some union websites under my belt, but it wasn't the best portfolio. So what do you do? You just look for anything. I contacted a a friend who I went to college with at Plattsburgh, who's actually one of my best friends now. And he got me in front of this uh, small agency in Schenectady, New York. And my first job interview, they were looking for a front-end developer. And the reason why I got this job was because I told them that I could code a website <laughs> right off the bat. And I sat down in this interview and they asked me if I had any coding experience. And I said, well, I've coded some Flash stuff before, but in my mind, that was actually animation, you know, Flash animation and not like websites. So they asked me, the second question was, can you do this? I said, you get me in front of this computer I will code, I will do the front end development of this website. And I didn't sleep for a week straight. And then after a week, I had my, I coded my first website. You know, back then when you come from a illustration background and a graphic design background, you start off with the hello world and you just work from there. So I think, you know, the, the hustle and the entrepreneurship just was a constant cycle of not having what I wanted. And I would just work my my ass off for it. Yeah, that's that's I guess where the entrepreneurship came from. That's amazing. That's what a great story. And I think you know a lot of people, at least so far on the show, and and even outside, you know, like you you hear a lot. Every everybody's kind of been there. Everybody says, "Yeah, I can do it," you know. And then it's it's about not sleeping for a week <laughs> and going from there. <laughs> yeah, there was a lot of energy drinks and a lot of coffee. Yeah, absolutely. So other than that start to your career, you ended up, you know, later on joining an agency called Mad Glory as a creative director and partner. So how did you create the opportunity to join the team there? And what was that experience like for you? It was a great experience for one. So from that agency job in Schenectady, I worked there for about a year as a front end developer. So I got enough experience under my belt as a front end developer to be able to code websites like nothing. So that was pretty awesome. And with that drive, you know, I, I just, I was always working on something. And before you know it, whenever you have a great opportunity, and like I said before, whenever you get comfortable, something happens that in life where it says you need to change 
or you need to pivot or something. The agency wasn't doing well. They needed to cut, trim some fat off the, the cow, I guess you would say. And my metaphors are going to be terrible because I'm from upstate New York. But <laughs> <laughs> So they needed to trim some fat. And the best way they could do that was get rid of the middleman. And they had a designer, they had a senior guy, and they weren't really making it all too well. So I got laid off after you know a year. From there, it was a really interesting time in my life because I had all this, I won't say nice stuff. I wasn't living large or anything, but um, I was in a one-bedroom apartment. I bought my own first bed, and for the first time, you know, I had a used car that I, I purchased. But I went back to my whole Florida days of taking yourself out of a comfortable environment and throwing yourself into the fire and really just grinding away. So what I did was I had this crappy like two seating couch. It was kind of like a love seat, but I bought it used. I liked it because it looked like it was from Ikea. It was terrible to sit on. So what did I do? I, I slept on my couch for weeks. I didn't go to my bedroom. I slept on my couch for weeks to get my portfolio going and just work on entrepreneur stuff. And I just started throwing stuff on Dribbble and just started going out into the community. Um, and this is where my life turned for the best. I met this guy named Mubashar Iqbal, a.k.a. Mubs. I met him out at an event. And it's amazing when you go to these developer events or um, you know creative events, how people don't necessarily communicate the best at, at all um, in, in the tech industry. Sometimes, you know, there's just those awkward silences and stuff. And Mubs just came up to me. He was like, hey, what's going on? And from there, I met Mubs. And my life has never been the same because we became best friends. But anyways, that's a different story. I'm jumping off the, the question here. So anyways, he told me about some local uh, community accelerator areas where I could go and work and, and meet a lot of people. And I met this guy named Brian Corgan. He just left his job at Agora Games um, and they worked with Warner Brothers. Um, they worked with they worked on like Mortal Kombat and all these cool, really cool games. And he just wanted something new. He just kind of knew of me and he saw my hustle, I think. And he would ask me to freelance uh, a project and it was my first job with Mad Glory was branding Mad Glory as a freelance freelance guy. It was a contract job for branding. I came up with the logo. I came up with everything. Before you know it, he just called me up one day and he's like, listen, I really want to try this thing. I want, I want to create this agency in upstate New York and work with top talent. I think you're top talent and I love your hustle. So be a partner, be the first employee. And, and yeah, and that's kind of how Mad Glory started. We went from one employee, which was me, to hiring mubs. Every month we grew by one person. But we worked with some of the, the top games in the industry. We worked with Riot Games for four years. Um, we worked with Warner Brothers, Lord of the Rings, Batman Games, all of it. It was awesome. And so, so you mentioned some of the projects you had a chance to work on then. But, I mean, what were some of the challenges of being you know, a founding partner or, or you know, the partner right out, right out of the gate, employee number two? What was that like trying to build uh, an agency in, in upper state New York? You know, it was challenging because I was really the only creative, I guess you would say. Uh, but I, I was surrounded by uh, a bunch of developers. So it was challenging in the sense that when you're a creative, you have a different mindset to engineers. 
Um, Mubs actually does a really great job at um, working. He worked like seven years in um, a design agency in New York City. So he, he has a really great understanding of how to communicate with designers. But everyone else, it was very, it was very challenging to pitch an idea and get people on your side because you knew how people like the psychology of people. I studied uh, uh, some psychology in school and you know, I think as a creative, it's it's very challenging to get people on your side with ideas just to take chances. It's awesome. So, I mean, you ended up having a few other roles, you know, in between being a part of creating that agency and what you're doing today as the creator of, of Simply Tap. Can you tell us a little bit more about like what Simply Tap is and, and, you know, like how you worked your way into that opportunity there? Simply Tap actually started uh, a long time ago. They were the original to make the hardware for the NFC terminals. So everything, the NFC chip, I believe, in Android is actually was built by Simply Tap. So S- Simply Tap spun up of their own product company called Gain. So Gain is is fairly new. It's about I'd say six months to seven months old, and there's I don't know maybe ten to fifteen people. I think something like that. Simply Tap actually came from Ted, the founder, saw me on Botlist. So he found me on Botlist, which was kind of interesting. But Simply Tap has created a product called Gain. So Gain is they're trying to change mobile payments. So people have Apple Pay now or Samsung or Android Pay now, but there's not a whole lot of value for using that transaction feature on your phone. It can be cumbersome at times. Uh, merchants don't really understand how to bring it up at times. So what Gain is a new way to facilitate the payments. They create incentives. So merchants can go to Gain and say, well, we want to do a promotion, say it's Starbucks. We want to do a promotion in Austin for National Coffee Day. Um, we want to give people, each person, five bucks. So they can come to us. We can run a, a campaign. And we can send it out to everyone who wants to collect it in Austin and use it at any NFC terminal. So one, as a user, you're using the app to facilitate the payment. You're saving money by using offers. And on top of that, you're also, you, you can also have the ability to send money, kind of like Venmo. So you have the ability to send money to people. So my job at SimplyTap is to basically create the apps or the service. So there's multiple um, platforms and, and services through Gain. So there's iOS app, there's Android app, there's iMessage. Let's see, there's Kickbots, there's Telegram bots, and there's uh, merchant portals. And there's many more. But my point is that I oversee a lot of the creative decisions that Gain kind of goes forth with. I have a, a team of marketers there, which is uh, a marketing team. We have a product team. So I'm kind of basically the wearer of many hats. And and that's kind of my role at Simply Tap or Gain, I guess you could say. That's pretty cool. And so you 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 ended up joining that company through Botlist um, and you guys are exclusively working on that one project. That sounds absolutely massive. It, it, it is huge. We went to, uh, not to really get too much into it, but we went to Money 2020 this year. We were there. We just released, we just pushed pushed out a build, I think yesterday or two days ago, uh, the App Store and Android. At first, it took us a little while to, to figure out what we wanted the product to be. And now it's, you know, now these cogs are starting to fit and things are starting to come together. And it's, 
so it's it's kind of cool seeing you know a new way to to pay for things and and that's kind of what we're trying to do at simply tap so you've mentioned a lot of things just now apps bots technology customer experience how do you see this web of products coming together to create a better payment experience and how does that change the future of fintech in your opinion I see them coming together in a very simple way. So right now, the way Gain kind of works is um, you open the app, you create an account, and you get kind of your own card. So like almost like an Apple card, or um, you know, you get your own Gain card, and you can you don't even need to open the app. So it's it's kind of nice in that sense. Um, that's that's part of the app, but it's going to take a lot of work. But it's on its way. So to answer your question, I don't think. Apple's given enough incentive right now to tap and pay. But, you know, if you use gain, you can save money while you pay for things. I think that's pretty cool. You can not only save, but you can take that offer or what you just had and, and send it to your uh, your wife or your your family or your friends. And I think, you know, that kind of growth model of of sharing and and paying for things and you know using the conversational co- uh, commerce bots now it's going to take a lot and it's going to take a lot of uh, planning to get everything in line but yeah I, I just I think the wallet's outdated and I don't think it's going to go away but I think there's going to be new new ways to facilitate the payment which gain is it's kind of cool too is uh, you know when I first started the company i never even set up my apple pay after i did and after i started using gain i really don't use my wallet that much anymore i mean obviously i need to use it at places that don't you know accept tap and pay but you know for the most part i either pay with my apple watch or my my phone and i get savings through gain which is kind of cool and then i send those to my fiance because i want her to save money too (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. So let's talk more about Botlist. As you mentioned, you're the co-founder of Botlist along with Mubs and Ben Tossel. So for those who may not have heard about the site just yet, can you tell us more about it and what really motivated you to start that? So Botlist is um, an app store for bots, we call it. It's basically a directory of all the chatbots that are being created right now by the the chatbot industry. Facebook, F8, Facebook released that they were going to open up their development platform for messenger to create these bots and the idea actually came from ben tossel who is the community or was the community manager at product hunt uh, i'm not sure of his title now but from being a maker and creating so many products on product hunt you know that's how i i knew ben and ben knew mubs and you know they're both english <laughs> and uh i'm american but anyways it's a little english joke there they all know each but, other <laughs> they all know each other and uh, and so, yeah, Ben, Ben reached out to Mubs and myself, and he had an idea of creating this directory, but not just for Messenger or uh, one platform or two. It was let's do all the platforms because everybody has different or multiple, um, what do I want to say, chat apps. So uh, Messenger or Kick or Telegram, everybody has multiple ones. Um, so we wanted to create this entire ecosystem with chatbots. So that started and we launched that the day before F8. And on our first day, we got 80,000 visitors. Wow. It was amazing. And a lot of that was from, you know, we, we wanted to ride the uh, Facebook wave, I guess you could say. So we released the day before Facebook and we got 80, I think it was like 80,000 80, visitors. 
And yeah, it, it just grew and it was amazing. And it's constantly growing and the industry is constantly growing. But the same day, uh, a guy named Matt Schlick created a Facebook bot group called, I think it's just bots, but that's up to 20,000 bot developers. We have this kind of cool little ecosystem um, with Botlist. And, you know, we, we have a nice community in, on Facebook. And from there, Ben left after a month. Uh, he just couldn't, you know, handle the time that it needed to grow. And it's been Mubs and myself ever since. And we actually got this guy, uh, Chris, who joined f- for a little bit. And, uh, and yeah, he's, he's awesome. And he's still advising at times. But, um, but, yeah, it's just been a daily constant upload of chatbot. And it's been a lot of work. That's crazy. But it's, it's still a, a side project for you guys, right? Yeah, it's a side project right now, but we're actually this year we opened up our uh, ad space. We get about 200,000 page views uh, a month on average. Actually, eight months ago, I think it was the 10th of December was eight months and we hit our two millionth mark on uh, page views. With page views, you know, and being a side project, we wanted to um, open it up for opportunities for people to advertise. And so we actually are cash positive and we're kind of taking Level's approach to um, creating a community. Uh, we, I've learned a lot from Levels and, and Mubs knows Levels. And, you know, we're just trying to create these channels for viewership and different products for the chatbot industry. So we have Botlist that actually has um, bot jobs and bot funded and bot landing pages. And there's multiple ideas and that we want to continue with. So we're we're getting some revenue from the different sites and and yeah. So hopefully someday it will it will be a full time gig. And right now it's currently a side project. Very popular <laughs> side project, like you said. You know, hitting that uh, two million page view marks a couple uh, weeks ago since you guys launched. And um, you know, and and you guys have added on just just to recap, like all the products you guys have added, like bot list and bot landing pages and you know, bot jobs, like it's crazy to see you guys going out in so many different directions and, and still calling it a side project. <laughs> yeah, we, uh, like I said, we, we don't really sleep too often. Um, Mubs is also a machine. Um, he has like 17 projects going at once. Um, and, I, you know, when you have a great co-founder and, and friend who you know, works with you, works well with you on product or projects, it's amazing what you can get done in a short amount of time. And I think my product hunt profile and Mubs' product hunt profile can kind of attest to that. But a lot of it's about um, how well you work with somebody and your determination to succeed. And, you know, I've never, from this interview, I'm sure you can tell, but I've never really had much. Um, and I've worked for everything that I have. I'm not going to stop. And and that's the way I live. So, you know, with Botless, Botless is not going away anytime soon. And it's just going to continue to grow. Um, we're trying to do a lot for the community. We're trying to help um, grow the industry as well. We're, you know, paying content people to create articles so we can promote them on Q and promote them on different uh, resources to help grow them because it will all come back to us. If we can help somebody out grow their business, hopefully it will return and help us out in the future. Yeah, absolutely. And so, you know, diving in, I guess, a little bit more to, to two of the things that you just mentioned right there. Like, how did you, Mubs and Ben, approach building the first version of the platform, like Botlist itself? 
And, you know, how are you guys, uh, how have you guys approached and continue to build the community, you know, that, that surrounds that, that site right now? Botless started um, with the idea of just being, like I said, an app store for bots. So we looked at Apple. We looked at them because we didn't have a lot of time to create this thing. And there's a lot of smart people at Apple and they know what they're doing. So let's try to get an MVP out that kind of resembles Apple in their app store. So that's kind of how we started it. And then, you know, it's evolved since then because of, you know, just learning how the community interacts with it and learning about what product that we want to, to build as well. So it's a list view now. Before it was a grid grid view of all these, you know, chat bots, avatars, and it wasn't really saying much about the, the bot. There wasn't any reason to click on a bot. There's no tagline. It didn't really say where what platform they're on. So the first version was very MVP, um, and it replicated Apple, like I said, the App Store. In time, as you you grow and you see how people use it, you can kind of understand and how how you use it every day. So I'm on the site literally every day, about a billion times each day, I would say. So I know what annoys me as a user because I look at it every day. But um, also listening to the community, we we reach out a lot to the Facebook group. We reach out a lot to uh, Slack groups. We, we ask for help seeing what they need to help grow their, their platforms, their bots. So we slowly integrate little things, but there's always stages to, to products. And, and we're actually at a new stage right now that we're going to try to continue to release slowly. But for being a side project, it's, it, we try to release some new update at least once a week. That's awesome. And so what is it about like bots and messaging and, and the whole space that has you so excited and, you know, or, you know, you as you and Mubs and the team so excited about, about it and, you know, like how are you guys building that community around that? Yeah, it, it's like the wild, wild west right now. It's very exciting because people are still trying to figure out the value of these uh, conversational commerce. That's what, you know, has been coined as the term or I like to just be simple and call it chatbots, but people are still trying to figure out what's the best use case. Every platform has a different use case and users. And so it's, it's really hard to replicate them from platform to platform. I think the most interesting thing to me is just seeing the creativity that comes out of it. If you looked at Botlist today, you wouldn't imagine, you know, that there's a, a Santa bot that you can, you know, talk to for secret Santa stuff or, you know, Amazon <clears throat> jokes for the, the Alexa or the Echo. So it's very random and, and people are just creating these things and in a fun way. And I think that was very inspiring to, to see this year, especially with the crappy year that we, we had with the elections and just our society in general. It, it was just a nice way to not pay attention to the news. <laughs> but yeah, so the inspiring bit is that I just like seeing the new bots that are, are put out every day and and it's it's just very inspiring to to be a creator right now there's all these new technologies and new platforms that are going out there and just creating something new for everyone to use or maybe it's just for you uh, i think that's that's pretty inspiring to to see yeah absolutely it's really cool so what's what's next for botlist uh do you guys can you can you share anything that might be coming up in the new year or, or anything like that uh, let me see. Well, we want to create more tools for our community. 
we want to close the loop a little bit. I, I think there's some some things lacking on the, the site um, that I'd like to get in there. I'd say the next thing, we're just going to continue to just truck along and make a really great core product and then just put out a lot of side projects that kind of kick back to bot list. I'd like to make bot jobs a little bit better. There's There's just all these little things that the community might need. And not just that, but I want to create mass market adoption. So 2017 is going to be the year that I, that we try to uh, push for mass market, I would say. And I know that's very ambitious for new technology, but you know, conversational messaging apps are not really new. And you know, if my dad can text me, he should be able to use a chatbot. And I think that's interesting. And I think that's something that we're going to try to help drive this year. And how we do that, I don't really have much of a plan that I can share with you on what we want to do next, but we're, we're just not going away. Awesome. That's really cool. And so I'm just wondering, like, how's, uh, how does Botlist and, and what you're doing with Gain kind of fit together and, and remain separate in your mind? Or is it not, you know, is, is that how you approach your projects is to, is to have them, you know, be fluid and, and fit with each other? Yeah, that's a really great question. You know, what I learned from Botlist, I actually um, implement into Gain and vice versa, I would say. So that's kind of how they they live. They don't live in, you know, a physical sense on being tied into each other. Um, it's just really weird right now that <laughs> Gain is sponsored as I'm talking about this podcast. But, you know, I what I bring to the table for my nine to five I call it my nine to five, but it's more like six to three. But um, what I bring to the table there is what I learn that when I stay up late at night and and just kind of plug away. So I guess I'm I'm bringing I'm helping gain with growth because I'm learning about the growth of a community with Botlist. But they're very separate projects in a sense. When I come home, I, I try to shut down off from work and I try to focus on our community. And, you know, it's, it's tough, but it's kind of how I like to do things and, and just focus on one project at a time at a chunk of the time during the day. I'm, I'm definitely on multiple pro- projects each day. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, you know, shifting gears a little bit, what are some of the most recent apps or bots that, you know, you've downloaded and used? I got this Chrome extension the other day, and it's amazing to me. Grammarly uh, for Chrome. I think that's amazing. I'm sitting here making all these errors, grammar errors when I'm typing and, and it's just correcting everything. It sounds silly to say, but yeah, it just it's like my my fact checker of grammar, I guess. Uh, that one's pretty cool. Anything fun is cool. Uh, you can always go to my profile um, on Botlist and see what I've liked, see what chatbots I've liked. I like Smokey. I really try to promote Smokey. Uh, Smokey is a real-time worldwide uh, air pollution uh, chatbot. So you can, you know, message Smokey and ask uh, what's your pollution um, or what's your air quality in Ottawa, and it'll just, you know, send you back the actual data of, um, you know, the air quality in Ottawa, which is pretty cool. And then you just do the same thing for like India, and you just see how how people live um, and how terrible that is. I think I think Smokey's really cool. Um, just for what they're trying to do, trying to do. Um, Go Mix was on Product Hunt the other day. Uh, that looks amazing. I haven't had time to uh, jump into it, 
Um, there's a couple other platforms, uh, bot making platforms out there right now uh, that are pretty cool. Octane was our first chatbot that we built for Botless. It was super easy. I spun it up in like five minutes. That was amazing. We've since moved away from that and going for a custom bot build. But um, yeah, Octane was pretty cool. I mean, I don't want to say my projects are cool, but uh, yeah. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> awesome. I just, you know, I'm very passionate about what we build and, and I think some of them are, are pretty cool. So I'm not going to say any of them. If anybody wants to look at them, they're on Product Hunt or the ones that are on Product Hunt are on Product Hunt. We're going to be releasing, Mobs and I are probably going to be releasing about four or five projects on Product Hunt within the first quarter of next year. Most are already done. Uh, they're just waiting for good timing. So look forward to those. And uh, oh, what's, the, the live streaming's really cool. House party's cool. There's just It's a great time to be into tech right now. And I know a lot of people take that for granted, but it really is. The, the technology is just booming and, and people are making cooler things. Tesla is amazing. <laughs> I, I would love to work with Tesla in 2017. Yeah, you never know. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? Call Tesla. Tesla. Yeah, Tesla bots save the environment or something. I don't know. Yeah, absolutely. So do you have any recommendations on, on some great content that you've come across lately? Like I know you don't have a lot of downtime, but books, videos, blog posts, anything like that? So I, I live outside of Austin and I listen to podcasts every day. And uh, man, I've been listening to so many growth podcasts. I, you know, you would think like I'm a creative director. Well, you don't really care about growth or or whatever, but that's all I've been focusing on this year, trying to grow uh, bot lists. So I've been listening to a lot of Sujin Patel and Neil Patel and um, uh, Eric Sue. Their podcasts are amazing. I, I like your podcast. <laughs> no, it's, it's all good. You don't have to say that just because everybody no, feels that there, there's that I'm weird not. like degree of pressure where they're like, oh, your podcast. <laughs> no, 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 I'm not. I'm being serious because, um, you know, it's just a different approach. It's here. I, I try to study how people have gotten to where they are by listening to their past. You can't really know where to go unless you know the, the past. And that's a lot of times I listen to podcasts just to listen to um, how they learn, how they think, how they uh, go about by doing things. So I listen to a lot of podcasts. Cool. So I know you've already like mentioned, we've, we've talked about a, a ton of stuff already, um, but do you have any additional insights or personal mottos that you live by and you think other people should know about? Yeah, my biggest one is grind hard and stay humble. I love that. You know, I, I try to remind myself that on a daily basis. And I don't know where it came from. And I know it's been said many times, but I look at my past and I see how my grandparents live. My, my mom lives. Um, I mean, she just works her ass off. She's like, man, I don't want to give her an age, but she built her own house at the age of 40. And not just like hiring people to build it and her pointing her finger. It was like literally her helping to build her own house. So I guess my motto is just grind hard, stay humble, and just be kind to people um, because you really never know where your next opportunity is going to lie. That would be my number one motto, I guess you could say. And I have this, I'm sitting here at my desk and I have this dollar bill here and uh, something I learned a long time ago. But if you want to make a certain amount of money, just write on the dollar bill what you want your salary to be and just carry that with you every day. 
And it's like this constant positive reminder to just keep going. And uh, I framed it because I, I surpassed it uh, this year, which was pretty cool. But I, I carried it for like four years. <laughs> it took me four years to do it. But but yeah, so that was my goal. And now I have a new new one. <laughs> That's awesome. I can't think of a better way to end the episode. Seth, thanks so much, man, for taking the time to chat with us and, uh, and sharing your story. It was amazing to have you on. Thank you so much for having me. I'm, I'm sorry. It was probably jumbled. It's been a long day for me. <laughs> another episode of hack to start thanks for listening and we hope to have you join us again soon remember to check us out on twitter instagram facebook and on the web at hacktostart.com we honestly couldn't do this show without your awesome support so thanks for listening until next week